As we uh, kick off today's message, we are continuing, or actually finishing up, sermon series uh, that we've been going through entitled Live on Purpose. I've been walking through the book of Proverbs, and so if you have a Bible or Bible app, you can go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 4. We'll, we'll have a few other passages there that we'll be moving around in. But as we've been walking through the book of Proverbs here, looking at seeing God has given us this amazing purpose of relationship with him, so much more than just mere survival, more than just living for temporary uh, possessions, successes, the moment. And in fact, we've, we've explored in how when we try to pursue these temporary things in our life, they actually corrupt us. They're, they're not sufficient to give us meaning, purpose, and dignity. In fact, even we're, we're directed in this life, in this culture, to look at our experience. Our experience is to define us. Our experience is to direct us to truth. Our experience is where we should find our meaning and purpose. But even then, that's insufficient. Because as broken human beings, we're not completely healthy. We're not consistent or objective. and, and, And because of that, our own experience can lead to our own destruction. We need... We need a purpose that's unchanging, a purpose that's for our good, a purpose that comes from the one who made us. And that purpose that Jesus Christ explained as he summarized in the Gospels is to be in loving relationship with the one who created us and to share that love with each other, to love God and love others. We've walked through how to practically uh, bring that to bear and, and, and implement that and live that out in our daily lives. God didn't just give us a purpose to just be disconnected on Sunday from Monday. But to infiltrate, to, 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 to release us and bring joy and freedom in every aspect of our lives, in every day of our lives. Living on purpose, living for God's purpose, requires intentionality. As we finish up things to, uh, with this sermon series here today, we're going to be talking about the need to pause, the need to reflect on our path. As we've got plans in place, as we've got good intentions, the reality is, is we are going to drift. And we've got to be able to take time. We've got to pause and reflect and ponder our paths. Too often a story that I I hear, I'll share about one specific uh, uh, story in terms of a friendship uh, th- that I have and, and, and the husband was sharing with me that his wife was leaving him and they were getting a divorce and we were processing and I'm just trying to listen just like, trying to let him just share what's going on share the, the discouragement the struggle, the pain and the difficulty and as he came around in the end, between the, the, the anger and the frustration, bitterness, and in the end he came around and he made this, this, this statement that I'm learning that without painful things, without, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't realize that God needed to shake me free, wake me up to consider my life and my path. That this pain is actually, I can see that it can be for good because I was getting comfortable. And I needed to change the course of my life. The unfortunate reality of that 
testimony, that, that comment, and, and this is all too common of a story, is that it, it, it requires pain and significant consequences too often for us to recognize that we've gotten off course. That our pathway and trajectory is leading us to destruction of ourselves or relationships around us or others. Friends, it doesn't require that we experience painful consequences for us to to course correct, for us to change, for us to grow. God in his word and his wisdom has directed us that we we should ponder our path, that we should do self-examination in a regular way in order to allow God to keep us on the path and to keep us from destruction in our lives. As we read earlier, as you, as you heard from Hasiel, why don't you turn with me. Proverbs 4, I'm going to read it out loud, and then we'll pray. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away the crooked speech, put devious talk from your, far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Let's pray. Holy Spirit. We just, we just need your special work and your presence this morning as, as, as we talk about joining you in searching our life, our souls, our thoughts, our desires, our motives, our words, our actions. Lord, the enemy does not want us to change. The enemy wants to keep us enslaved separated from you down these paths of comfort down these paths of pleasure for ourselves self-seeking lifestyles he wants to keep us proud and in denial or blind lord god but we pray this moment that you would grant us grace spirit to have breakthrough to to receive your your kindness lord as you come to us and and walk with us in examining our lives it's out of kindness and goodness because you want us to be free Lord, do that work in us today. Break down our resistances. And Spirit, come upon me, your, your, your servant, Lord God. Your, your sinful, broken servant. I need you, Jesus, to fill me now and speak through me. In your name we pray. Amen. In this passage in Proverbs, Proverbs is filled with so much just wisdom how do we live for God in this life? What, what does it look like to practically, in the nitty-gritty, live for God in God's world? And that's to follow God's ways. He's given us direction. The book of Proverbs is very practical in that. In this passage here that we see in verses 20 through 27 of chapter 4, it's an invitation for us to examine the, the, all the domains of our lives. And you see these verses. He's talking about be attentive to my words. Listen up. Listen up. I've got wisdom for you. 
And he speaks to their hearts and talking about examining their hearts. Keep your heart. It is the wellspring of life. He talks about watching their mouths and their minds. Keeping your gaze directly for you. What are you pursuing? And then examine the path of your feet in verse 26. What the author of, of Proverbs is inviting us to do is to pause and reflect. What is the condition of our hearts? What, 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 are, we, what are we letting influence our desires, our motives? What's, what's, what's happening in our thought life? How about your words? What's coming out of your mouth? And then, of course, our choices and our actions. The, 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 the author of Proverbs, Solomon here, is inviting us to examine these different domains of our lives and, and to be on guard, to protect them, to keep them, he says. Why? Because we're prone to wander. In the great hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. You can go to the next slide. In that great hymn, Come Thou Fount, there's that, that powerful line. This is one of those most moving uh, 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 lyrics of a hymn in my own life is prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for your courts above. Our natural tendency as human beings, friends, is not to pursue Christ, not to pursue God, to live for him. That's why Jesus came To die for us because we needed a change in our hearts. Not just a change in our destination from from the justice of God in hell. We need a change inside of us. Because we're prone to pursue us. When I sit down with with couples, the first several sessions we're always talking about in premarital counseling is our tendency to drift. Our tendency is not to pursue each other. Our tendency is not to lay ourselves down for each other. Over time, if we're not intentional... And we think we're coasting. We kind of like coasting. Coasting just kind of sounds good, right? Right? Because we're caught up in the daily grind of life and we're just like, oh, I just want to break. We just want to coast. The problem is, it's not like on a bike where you just lay off the, uh, 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 the pedals there and you just keep going forward. It's more like when I was in the Boundary Waters, for whatever reason, whenever we were coming out, it was just these like gale force winds coming at us. And it's like white caps out there on the lake. And we're paddling. I'm telling you, we are getting our money's worth of a workout. My lats were shredded. And that's your back muscles, by the way. Um, and we're paddling into the, paddling into the wind. And, and, and we just ha- you, can't, you, just, you just can't just keep going. You're, you have to take a break. The only problem is, is when you stop, when you've got these winds and these waves coming at you, you don't just keep going forward. You start to drift backwards. You see, in life, the, because of the conditions of our hearts, our natural tendency, we still all have what's called a sinful nature. We all have this. We see it in our two-year-olds when they say, no, mine slap a kid next to them just to get what they want. We see that nature, and that's in us. We are self-centered and selfish. Our tendency is to drift not towards Christ, not towards self-sacrifice and loving others. Our tendency is to drift towards me. Living for me. Living 
in survival, if you will. If we don't recognize this tendency, we won't recognize and understand in this life, we need to pause. We need to self-examine in order to course correct. We naturally drift. Casting Crowns has this quote from their song, Slow Fade. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. And thoughts invade, choices made. A price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. This is the the kind of seductiveness, this kind of subtleness of of our, our tendency to drift. It, 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 we, we don't even notice it in our lives as we turn towards just serving ourselves and away from living for Christ and living in loving relationship with him so that we can be loving towards others. We need to pause to reflect regularly on our trajectory, where am I going? On our status, where am I at right now? Am I already off course? Where's my? Is the way I'm heading, is it going to take me off course? Philosopher George Gurdjieff says this, without self-knowledge, without understanding the working and functions of his machine, Excuse me. Without self-knowledge, without understanding of the workings and functions of his machine, man cannot be free. He cannot govern himself, and he will always remain a slave. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We will be a slave to our sinful tendencies in denial or in ignorance, if we do not pause to reflect. So the purpose of self-examination, the purpose is for that very reason, to, to be able to find out and identify with the Lord's help, we do this with Christ. Where am I headed, Lord? Where am I at in relationship with you? The purpose of self-examination is for our good, friends. Christ invites us. He told the, 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 the crowds, you know, you want to judge others. Our tendency and temptation is we want to examine the lives of others, right? We do a really good job of that. In fact, we could tell you, you know, some of the people in the room or our coworkers or even our family members, like what they're doing wrong. Siblings, you know really well what your brother or sister's done really wrong, right? We can point that out to mom and dad really well. And Jesus says, get the... Get the plank out of your own eye. Get the big log out of your own eye while you, before you start trying to get the sliver out of your neighbor. You need to look. You need to look inward. It's for our good. You see, when when we engage in this practice of self-examination, it's it's to allow the Lord to set us free. From the sinfulness, from the self-centeredness, from the brokenness of our past. The, 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 the poisonous of this, this world and this culture. It's to set us free, friends. It's not a threat to us. It's for goodness. To let him examine us. We go to the doctor because we need an examination. But oftentimes, too often, I found, found this as a therapist. 
Before I became a pastor, I was a marriage and family therapist. And when I would see people, it was when they were so broke. They came to me, not, not early on, when, to, in order to be preventative, in order to get the skills and to maintain a healthy relationship and, and, and to catch the small things. It was when they were broken. Things were almost, and in fact, sometimes beyond repair. We don't have to live that way. God's word gives us direction and wisdom. God's love for us, for you, invites you to come with him. Let me examine. I'm the good physician. Let me set you free. Let me fill you with my peace, my love and freedom. Proverbs 14.8 continues this line of thought. The wisdom of the prudent it's to discern his way. But the folly of the fools is deceiving. We're going to get to the second half of this in a little bit. The wisdom of the improvement is to discern his way. Again, it's to stop and say, what's my trajectory? Where are my actions taking me? Right? We're looking at our past and our present. What, what's the, mo- what's the, the, the motion that's behind me? The momentum from my family? This may, this may cause for you to pause and examine, like, what about my family history? Where, where, where is that momentum moving me? Family patterns and, 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 and habits, relational dynamics. Where's that moving me? It pauses to reflect. As, as the, the, the Solomon calls us to in Proverbs 4 here, what are my thoughts? What are my desires and motives? Today, yesterday. What, what about my words? What about my actions? How, how, how have I been relating to my coworkers, to my, to my roommates or friends? How have I been relating to my spouse? How's our marriage? What about my integrity? How about my, my witness? What, what, what do people see in my life? Am I pointing them to Jesus in my life? It takes time. We've got to pause and reflect to ask these questions. And to let the Lord examine us. Where am I, Lord? Where have I been? Where am I headed? I need your help to see. To see myself clearly. You see the tendency... Oh, and pause here. Take a moment here. I've got application questions along the way. In fact, there's a, there's a lot of slides here, like there has been in this series. And I'll be sending these out in email like I have. If you're not receiving my emails with the sermon slides, let me know. And I want to make sure you're getting them. You can go to the next slide here. Take a moment. Oh. This is worth it. I want you to go to the next slide. This story is pretty profound, and I think it's helpful for us in putting this in context. 1979, there was a flight from Air New Zealand. And uh, it took off for a uh, sightseeing trip in Antarctica and filled with 237 passengers, 20 staff. And there is a standard route that they take in order to fly down to Antarctica and to uh, and take people down there and to be able to fly low and to be able to see the beauty of God's creation down there. 
Unbeknownst to the pilots, the flight plan that the plane was programmed to was slightly off by just a couple degrees. Over the course of the trip, the plane ended up off course about 27 miles. What was supposed to be frozen ocean and seas that they were going to be flying low over to sea ended up being Mount Erebus, an active volcano, 12,000 feet tall. There was, they thought they were on course. Well, they were. They were on the course that they, that they were programmed for, which was faulty. But without self-examination, without that, that kind of, uh, uh, of feedback, they looked around in the surroundings. The pilots, they believed that there was a whiteout, and, and, and so the pilots were unable to differentiate between the ground and, the, and the, the sky. And that aircraft, just two degrees off course from takeoff, ran right into this mountain, and all people died. This is a horrible tragedy. And once again, a reminder that it doesn't take much. Two degrees off. But in the trajectory, in the scheme of things, in, in the long term, where does that end up, uh, take us is in places that are going to end up in destruction. The story that I shared earlier about my friend, and it's too many stories like that. They didn't realize the drift, the fade. And then destruction. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. So pause for a moment here. How do you currently practice self-examination with Jesus? How is this happening already in your life? Or maybe it's not. Maybe this is something new to, to introduce and begin. How is this happening in your life? And the second half of that verse in Proverbs reminds us our tendency is to avoid self-examination, actually. We're prone to avoid in in intentional ways and unintentional ways to stick our head in the sand, if you will. Oftentimes, we've made our lives so busy, right? Right? That we don't pause to examine. I just don't have enough time for this. I just don't have enough time uh, for for these good things. I've got to keep going. There's so many demands. and, and, And the temptation is to believe I'm a victim of all the demands and the things that are happening in your life. And you're not. You're the one who's in control of your schedule. And as we've been talking about this in this series... We want, to, we, want, we want to be intentional about what's important in our lives, what's healthy for us, and, and not, we're not victims. We don't have to live based on our emotions of the moment and, and what's urgent in our lives. We can choose what's most important. Our tendency, as this verse says, the folly of the fools is deceiving. What this, what this means is this, the folly of fools is self-deception. 
part of the foolishness of of the fool itself is is they don't listen to feedback. They don't they don't look for opportunities to reflect on their own lives. Like I'm good. I don't want to know what's under the hood. I don't want to know what's going on. How, how too often, friends, aren't we uncomfortable? We let shame get in the way, right? Sometimes we're afraid of a process like this. We're afraid of doing self-examination because if I go and I, and I see the bad stuff, I'm just going to hate myself for it. You know, without Jesus Christ, that's all we're left with. Well, all we're left with is self-loathing and self-hate when, when we see how broken we are and we can't fix it. But that's why Jesus Christ came to take that guilt To not just take the the brokenness and sinfulness and say, look at that, but to set us free and change us, friends. There's there's a better trajectory for us. We don't just have to stay on the course. We don't have to repeat the past family patterns. We don't have to continue on in the sinfulness of our our self-centeredness. We don't have to perpetuate the anxiety and insecurities. We can be freed. We can be strengthened. Because Jesus meets us in our brokenness and takes it on himself. You see, proper self-examination is the pathway to joy, to liberty, to God's grace. That's what keeps us moving forward on purpose. It's the grace of God for you and me. He's not going to shame you. Whatever the darkness is and how bad it is, he's not going to shame you. He's going to change you, though, for your good. He's going to meet you in those desires that are so easy to just give into. He's going to give you strength to persevere, to say no, and to know that you are loved. And you will be forgiven. And he's going to clean you up even when you fall down in the gutter again. This, the, 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 the fear of shame. Is completely obliterated when we look to Jesus. There is no self-hate and self-loathing. We can step out of light into darkness. Step out of darkness into light. Get the truth there. Hold on. Woo. Step out of darkness into light. The other side of this is some of us are just, we really, really fear change. This is a human tendency. As I've observed, and again, in my, 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 my years of, of counseling, as a pastor and professionally, as human beings, we have the tendency, we prefer the pain of staying the same over the pain of change, right? We prefer the certainty of our misery over the misery of uncertainty. Right? We do that. It requires the pain of staying the same too often to get so great. Going through a divorce. Kicked out of the house. I'm bankrupt. Too often it requires us to experience pain, significant pain, for us to recognize maybe change isn't, change isn't so bad. You see, friends, if nothing changes, then nothing changes. Do you know that? Your life right now is perfectly constructed and set up in such a way to get you the results you're getting right now. Your life currently is perfectly set up Your habits, your plans, your thinking, your paths are perfectly set up to keep getting you the results you're getting right now. If nothing changes, 
nothing changes. Change isn't a threat. It feels like that. We prefer our comfort. We prefer our ruts. A deep furrow. You just sit in it. But it's actually not safe. It's one of the greatest threats to our lives. Tim Keller makes this statement. I think it's awesome. Friends, Jesus invites us to hide in God instead of hiding from God. When we choose to self-examine, when we join Jesus in self-examination, we choose courageously, I'm going to hide in God, free from shame, to be able to see my, my sin and my brokenness. I'm going to hide in God because I'm going to be free, set free. I'm not going to be insecure. I don't have to hide from others because I'm hiding from God. I'm going to choose to hide in God instead of hiding from God. Powerful. Take a moment, some self-examination here. What keeps you from taking time to examine your life and its trajectory? Our busyness, shame, pride, or avoidance of change keeping you from examining your life with the help of Jesus? How do you need to hide in God instead of hiding from God? So the practical next step here is, okay, how do we do this, Scott? How do, how do we go about doing this in our daily lives? So here's a few points of instruction. First off, we're using God's measuring stick, not ours. Self-examination is a private thing, but it also happens in community. Once again, we, we, we are not objective. We are not able to see ourselves clearly. We need others in our lives. That's why we're here. Sunday mornings is a part of self-examination. Doing that with Christ. Accountability groups. Getting into smaller groups where we're more comfortable being vulnerable. Where we can open our hearts and our lives to each other. We need to do it in community, but we need to be doing it regularly in person, privately with Jesus. Schedule it. And do it spontaneously. We like most things, if it's important, it's worth setting aside a time. Where, where can we find time in our day to join this in another habit? If you're already in God's word, if you already have personal devotion time, this is a great time to say, Lord, let, let what I read examine me, examine my heart in this time. Take five minutes, five extra minutes in your drive on the way to work in the morning. Lord, examine my heart today. When you drive home, Lord, examine my heart, examine my life. What's happened? Examine specific areas. And then follow a biblical script. Now we're going to break some of these things down here a little bit more in detail. I'm going to take a little moment here to talk about using God's measuring stick. Oftentimes self-examination we might relate to looking into a mirror. The problem with this illustration of self-examination is just holding up a mirror to ourselves is that it relies on our own perception and examining ourselves. Like we talked about earlier, we have the tendency towards self-deception. We can look in the mirror and we can see ourselves as just worthless and, and, and pieces of trash. We can look in the mirror and say, oh, I've, I'm all good. Like everybody else has got problems, but man, this guy, oh yes. We, we have the tendency towards distortion. 
Which is why we need an objective measurement. The scriptures use a term called a plumb line or a plumb bob. Anybody heard about that? I wouldn't have known what a plumb bob was if I hadn't done concrete work in college. You can go to the next slide. A plumb line is used as a measurement for making sure walls are vertical, truly vertical, using gravity. God says this in Amos, as well as many other places. This is what he showed me. Behold, the Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I'm setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. What he's saying here is I'm using a, a, a standard of measurement to hold them against my truth of are they on are they on my purpose or are they on my path or are they not? You can go to the next slide, please. This what, what, what we need is an objective form of God's measurement in our life. This is His Word. Oftentimes, we will use phrases from the from from culture like if if it isn't hurting anyone. Have you heard that one used? Well, it's not hurting anyone. If it's self-destructive for you, it's hurting someone. Yes. But, you know, I'm not experiencing any consequences in my life for it. So God must be okay with it. Oh, friends, that is such a lie from Satan. Part of our sin is to be given over to just live for ourselves. That's one of the most, the, 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 the worst consequences of our sin is to just be free from God. Do you, do you understand the, the severity of that problem? We're disconnected from God. I'm not experiencing consequences. That is a seductive lie that keeps us on the path of towards destruction. There are many other ways that we justify our actions and we need God's objective truth. This plumb line holds straight so that the walls of our lives, as they bend and they curve, that God can show us and examine us from his truth where we're off line and off trajectory. If we're not putting ourselves in a place to receive God's truth and to hear God's truth, friends, we're going to end up building our lives again in a trajectory that's going to crumble. That's not going to be strong and secure. Any wall that's built without being vertical under stress and pressure over time will break and crumble. In addition to using God's measurement stick, I want to talk about examining specific areas of our lives. You can jump to the next slide. Again, I'll be sending these slides out uh, uh, later. But these are just different areas in which we can pause and reflect. And ask the Lord, Lord, search me and examine my thought life. Examine my motives. Why am I doing what I am doing? Why am I thinking what I am thinking? Why why, Why am I acting the way I'm acting? Examining our relationships. Examining different areas of our lives, our work ethic, our purity, our integrity, our finances, our use of time, our habits and patterns. Examining the big picture. 
What is my purpose? What are the plans that I have in place to stay on purpose? These aren't all things that you don't take this list and you do it all every day. This may be taking different things each day. Lord, how's my home life? Lord, how am I doing in a relationship with you the next day? Ideally, every day we're looking at our thoughts, our words, our desires, and our actions. Every day, encountering Jesus, Lord, search me. That leads us into the process, a specific process. How do we do this? God's word gives us a a kind of guidance through different scriptures of how this looks. We're going to see in in, in Psalm 139, there's this great passage of self-examination where David prays, Search me and know me, God. Test me. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in your paths. So it starts off with, Lord, examine me, search me. Which leads us then to confessing. Oftentimes in confession, we can be really broad in general. And that doesn't help pull the roots of the weeds out of our lives. We need to be specific. Lord, Lord Jesus, I confess this, the, the, the sexual sin, this, the, the, the sin of lust, of looking at pornography. I, I, I confess this gossip with, with these friends. Lord, I, I confess the, 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 this lie that I told. This exaggeration of the truth. I, I confess, Lord Jesus, the, my shortness. Uh, my short temper and I blew on my friends or my wife or my kids. Forgive me. Confess specifically. And then receive that forgiveness. Oftentimes we get caught up in the confession, but we, 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 if this is done healthy, if this is done biblically and properly, we receive his forgiveness. We give the, we give the Lord our sin and we receive what he's done for us. His blood has, has cleansed us. God doesn't continue to look on your sin and come back and say, remember this? No. Through what Jesus has done, it's gone. You are not your sin. You are not your choices and your behavior. You are who he says you are. And that's a daughter or a son through Jesus Christ. If we don't receive his forgiveness, we're going to get stuck in that self-loathing. He loves you. Can, can you go back, please? Can you go back one more? Thank you. Pray for obedience. Repentance is necessary. Lead me in your path. And then also, praise God for areas of progress and growth. Where, where, where God has set you free. Where God has changed you. Praise God. For heirs of faithfulness in your day and following him. That's his work. It's beautiful to pause and see how he's working us. We can all oftentimes just focus on where we're off and not where he has brought us on the path. As we prepare for communion, we're going to walk through this process to examine our hearts. We're going to walk through the scriptures and then pray these prayers. You can go to the next slide. As you go forward today, some things to consider. Is self-examination a part of my life? Am I using God's measuring stick? Are you doing it just alone? When are you going to make time for this? What areas of your life do you tend to avoid? And are you following God's, God's script through his word? 
that leads you to freedom. You know, we don't hear about that marriage, that really healthy marriage that was faithful to the end, that didn't fail. We don't hear about that in the news. We don't hear about these godly single men and women who pursued holiness, serving others. We don't hear about faithful men and women of God who loved God and loved others to the very end of their lives. Those things don't make the news, right? They're happening around us. They're happening. They don't, we don't, they don't make the news just because they, they stayed on course. These individuals, these lives of faithfulness already had self-examination built into their lives, built into their hearts. How can we receive God's gift of self-examination Not only to keep us on the path, but to keep us from consequences. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you might help us receive your grace and your gift. To examine our hearts and our lives together with you. That we might be free. And that we might also avoid destruction that we might avoid painful consequences not only for ourselves but that that harm others around us lord help us see how and where we can practice this on a daily basis with you for your good for our good and your glory in your name amen